John Durham. Silas Nasita. <laughs> Who is John Durham? Yeah. In 30 seconds. Yeah. John Durham in 30 seconds. Saved by Christ. Joyfully so. Permanently so. Husband of Jennifer for 30 years and four months now. Uh, father of Hannah and Caleb. Joyfully so. Grandfather of Palmer and Collins. Um, lead pastor at Highland Baptist Church. And um, man, just... Uh, loving being in the community of, of Waco and at Highland. Yeah. <laughs> See who I am. Sorry, I just like kept thinking that you were going to say, you know, John Durham, Faith Family Football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head because that's so many Instagram bios. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the first of many uh, interviews, podcasts to come. Um, I have learned, uh, I'm well learned and learning the value of just seeking the wisdom and counsel of older people who've been there and done that. Um, and so really the heart behind this whole podcast is going to be um, that very thing, asking questions to older men that I think have figured some things out. Mm-hmm. Not everything, obviously, sure, um, but specifically around the idea of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, didn't grow up with a father in my house, left when I was two, um, was in and out. Then he died when I was 16. And looking back at my 28 years of life, I would say that the single most impactful thing that happened in my life was my father not being there. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my, my trials, all my, my journey, my whole journey and struggle for identity, mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest factor was was just not having that father. Absent father. And so um, knowing that that's the, the story for so many out there, um, I want to get the message out to others how important, like just even thinking on your father and what that, that relationship looked like, how that affects your current life. Sure. Um, because it wasn't until I like really took inventory of, wait a second, I didn't have a dad. Here's a lot of the problems that came from that. Here was the things that he should have done. Here's what he didn't recognize the problems. Like I was, I would have probably been stuck in so many of my ways Mm. and always questioned my identity. And more importantly, most importantly, I, I like would not have found the fatherhood of God to replace that. Mm -hmm. And that's like the beauty of my story is that where my earthly father lacked or missed in his role and responsibility and and, um, privilege to speak so much into me and give me so much, God stepped in and filled that gap all the more. And so um, the, 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 the hope and the joy and the, and the gift that I want to give to others is that even if you didn't grow up with a father, mm. if you had a bad father, even if you had a good father, but there's still things that sure. that you need forgiveness for and stuff like that, like ultimately God is the perfect father that can step in and be that for you. Mm. And so, um, but all that to say, I want to now ask people um, about their fathers yeah, and, yeah. and how that impacted you. So yeah. first off, um, 
Yeah, just tell me a little bit about your dad and, yeah, and the role he played in your life. Absolutely. Um, well, it's a great blessing that my dad's still alive, I'm 80 years old, will be uh, not, uh, not 90, he'll be 81 next week. And um, lives in Waco. We live about four minutes from each other, so that's an incredible blessing. Um, I've got a long list of things I love about my dad. One of the top things would have to be that he grew up without a dad. Um, his dad was um, alcoholic, was um, um, violent, was um, absent from the home a whole lot, and um, drank himself to death when my dad was uh, 14. So mm. drank on the back porch and died of alcohol poisoning. I mean, just literally drank himself to death. Um, and so dad grew up with a you know, spiritually absent, emotionally absent, alcoholic father um, who then um, really almost, if you will, I mean, committed suicide by, by, by drinking himself to death. So um, dad made a, well, first of all, Christ saved him as an 18-year-old, so everything kind of changed. But I think one of the reasons I have a great respect for my dad was that he began a brand new um, dynamic in our family lineage that he didn't learn from his dad, but he wanted to start passing down beginning in his generation. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the great hopes for anybody that has had a, um, you know, an absent dad, whether it be emotionally absent, spiritually absent, physically, geographically absent, uh, or one that was deceased, I mean, completely gone from the picture, is that um, God always can has the, the grace to give to a dad to start a dynamic that was not there previously. So dad, you know, raised my sister and I, you know, to love the Lord, to know the Lord, lived in a very peace-filled home, uh, a home where my dad um, gave wisdom, uh, sometimes solicited, sometimes unsolicited, you know, just here's here's what God says, here's what God's Word says. My dad was my pastor, uh, you know, from the first 22 years of my life, and uh, saw in him the same godly man in the pulpit as he was around the dinner table at our house. And so that's certainly... Um, Help me want to know the Lord and and help me want to be around the local church because I saw that he was not, you know, there was no uh, duplicity in him at all. Who he was at church is who he was at home. And so, um, you know, and, and, and with that said, so that would be my first thing is he just um, started a brand new dynamic in our in our lineage of our of our of our family. Um he's he's wise, he's um patient, he's genuine, um, very pastoral. I think a great preacher, he's consistent, he's loving, he's gracious, he's helpful. Or I, I mean, that would be the long list of things I'd say about him. And yet, I think it's important for, for, for listeners to hear this and for me even to say this to you, Silas. Even in his greatness, his godliness, his, his, his presence, he, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't the perf perfection of, of God. Like that's still what we need, even... You know, you and I have very different stories. My dad, very present, loved Christ, was always around, still is around. You know, I'm a 52-year-old, and I still have the joy of getting to call my dad twice a week and catching up with him, swing by his house uh, once a week, once every other week, and catching up with, uh, with him and my, my, my mom both. Um, but I still need the perfection of God and still need his unconditional love and his consistent presence. You know, that's something that even the most perfect dad can't do is to be perfectly present at mm. all times and that's one of the roles that our heavenly father has like he's always present always right i'm sure my dad gave me some wisdom that was incorrect or yeah some um some thoughts that were incorrect god never gives us imperfect wisdom he never gives us incorrect um instruction 
And he's always, always with us. There's going to come a day when my dad passes away. He won't be with me in Waco anymore. There will never come a day that my Heavenly Father is not, mm. is not present with me. Do you think that your earthly father is supposed to be a tangible representation of God for you as a Heavenly Father? Yes, I, I think so. I think... Um, you know, I think all believers are to be earthly representations of the character of God toward other believers and toward lost people. But needless to say, when you're growing up in a home, who you're around the most, I mean, you're around your, your parents the most. And, mm-hmm. so, and you know, scripturally, um, God has not called, you know, our our mother who is in heaven. Like there is a, a father connection between the, the nature of our heavenly father and our earthly father, one just in name, but also in, in that you know, you're around your dad, your parents, your family, but your dad more than anybody else in those, mm-hmm. those formative years of, of life. And so I think um, it, what it does, it gives a father the opportunity to reflect godly character to their kids or not to reflect godly character to their kids. And I think those who claim Christ, who do not reflect godly character, is confusing to a child yeah. to hear, wait a minute, in Scripture, even Jesus referenced his father, his, the God in heaven as being his father, and to see a father who claims Christ and yet is is consistently not displaying Christ-like character, godly character, I think is is confusing. And um, I do think that's the, the call of a dad is to reflect the character of God to his kids. So there's a level of like, what would you say like this? Like essentially the quote-unquote better of a father that you have like a better understanding of the character of God you will have. So like, for example, the way I look at it is right. I was like, um, cause I have, I've looked at like other people, other my friends and their relationship with their dad, my whole life I've observed mm-hmm. because I was just like, I wonder what that'd be like. Sure. Right. And now there, there's some whose dads were in their home and stuff, but they only ever just like provided, loved them through just like providing money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sending them to camps. Then there's some where they didn't have much, but they spent a lot of time with them and they cared about them and whatever. And then, but it's like every single person, like at some point, had an issue with their dad sure. about something, sure. right? Now, the I've come to observe that the guys that are my age that are more secure in their identity, more okay with themselves. I've seen a correlation and I don't have evidence to sure, back sure. this up except for what I've seen. Anecdotal. Um, I've seen that those guys tend to be more secure when the ones that had a dad who just like loved them mm-hmm. than the ones who didn't, who it's almost like their whole life they're still looking for their dad to say, I'm proud of you. Sure. Cause that was me. Right. Like that literally was me. I, it was like when I was 26 that I realized all I've ever wanted was for my dad to say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Because interestingly enough, and I'll get into this later down the road in these podcasts, but that's the thing that God spoke to me at year 26, like over and over and over and over again when I was going through like the worst of times. Like I had, and, and what I, I had not, what, that had like seemingly nothing to do with what I was going through, mm. but that was the deepest root right. was that I just wanted my dad yeah. to be proud of yeah. me. So um, do you think there is that correlation? Yeah, I think the correlation is definitely there. Um, 
because that's how God set up the home to, for a, a child to be raised in the security of, of um, constant love, constant encouragement, um, uh, consistent affirmation. So that's how it's set up. Of course, that, that has not been the case for an unbelievable number of people since Genesis chapter 3, and even those who have been raised in a Christian home where mom and dad love the Lord and reflect the character of Christ, they're still imperfections because they're still in, in flesh and they're still they're still struggling in their own you know temptations in this world and who are they and so but I do think it, it if, if, if the word was better he used it a few moments ago I do think it's, it's better for the heart of a child to be raised in a home where a mom and a dad are consistently loving them however I also want to say because I know that's that's becoming less and less the true model and the realized model of, of families in, in, in our nation even the world but certainly in our nation today that that doesn't mean that someone raised in a home where dad was absent or dad did not express love or they divorced and they're gone or dad was in prison or dad um, was very ungodly in his character, whatever that might be. That does not mean that that person becomes a second-class Christian citizen, nor does it mean that God cannot recover the heart of that child who might now be 29 years old um, because that's where that perfection of God's love and that's the perfection of God's presence or the permanency of God's presence can overcome even the worst of of family dynamics or, or, or childhood. But I do think it, it, it'd be, it'd be a, a, a wrong thing for me to say, yeah, you should just be raised however you, you know, you'll, you'll get over it, you'll be fine. Because it really is, God, I mean, anything that's lesser than God's design um, is going to cause some issues in life. Again, not to such a place that it's an, an unsalvageable issue or cannot be recovered. But it is going to be, and, and your story is a great story. Like you, there's a lot that you had to overcome, a lot you had to walk through in the absence of a dad and in the absence of hearing those words, hey, well done, son, or I love you, or I'm pleased with you, or I care for you, or I'm, I'm proud of you. But that's where God's voice is very clear because those same things that we desire our dads to say, God says over yeah. and over again, right? Yeah. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Like mm-hmm. that's said of Christ, but because of our our being in Christ now, that's said of us as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what we long for to interesting that what we long for is what we hear on that last day. Well done, mm-hmm. good and faithful servant. Come enter into the Father's joy, into the Father's yeah. kingdom. And so everything we long for our dads to say, even good dads to say, everything that we really long for, God does say of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've experienced that and I'm still experiencing that. Um <laughs> Was there a point in your life where you were like, okay, who am I? And like, did your dad have a role in helping you figure out who you were? Hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, But probably the greatest role in that was just his consistent encouragement for me to be in God's word, his consistent encouragement for me to be in the local church. Um, so you know, ultimately, that's that's what it was. As opposed to him saying, "Here's who you are," it was a pushing for me to hear from God who I am, which I thought was very wise in 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 hindsight. Because I'm sure there were several times as a teenager, especially, I wanted him to tell me not only who I was, but who am I going to be? Tell me what path I need to take. Uh, tell me the best things about me. And um, I think he did a good job, kind of consistently pointing me back to. You know, again, church community and God's word. Let those two things kind of define you, because there's a power in a dad's voice. You know, you know, even good dads sometimes there's a difficulty because they want their kids to be successful, 
mm-hmm. financially, or they want their kid to be um, a, a doctor, not a um, um, not a football player, whatever that might be. And so, um, I think sometimes dads with good intent sometimes are so specific on who their kid is to be that now their kid begins to feel this weight. Of, yeah. But I thought God may be calling me to do this or to, to be that. Um, but with that said, I also think that, um, that there's a great book called Raising a Modern Day Knight. And it was a book I read when my son was about 12 years old. And it just gives some really practical things to say to your son. And some of them are things like, I'm, I'm proud of you and I will always love you. No matter mm. what you what you do in, in life, I will always love you. Those type yeah. of things I think are more important than, hey, you need to go be a pastor one day or you right. need to be a good football player. You need to make sure you score three touchdowns and not two touchdowns. Right. I think pointing... Our, our kids, and I feel like I was pointed by my dad to let God define who I am, but there's some very general things that were unbelievably helpful for me to hear. I love you and will always love you. I'm yeah. proud of you. Here's you know, here's why I'm proud of you. I care for you. And as you know, there's that old, probably overused phrase that, you know, love is really spelled T-I-M-E. Like, dad really spent a lot of time, which mm. at my soccer games, it was at my track meets, um, he and anytime I was involved in something, he wanted to be involved with it as well. So it's just more so about just like being together and feeling loved more than anything. Yeah. Would you say that's like now you're you're a dad now? So they're talking about you 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 actually being a father. What would you say? is the most important thing you have done raising your kid those two things time and saying and just making sure he knew you loved him yeah i mean i think there's a lot of simplicity in that um you know um time to talk but also time to listen um time to um you know sometimes um at least for dads maybe more than you know this is a very general statement it's like moms are really good at um verbally nurturing and I think sometimes dads are really good at just being uh, present in their nurturing and so sometimes for you know for my kids growing up you know for Hannah and I to go kayaking together I think that was I mean, she'll, she'll tell you today as a 24 year old that was unbelievably meaningful to her we didn't talk a whole lot I mean one she was a teenage girl and didn't really want to talk to dad a whole right. lot anyway or I'm not sure I could understood most of the stuff she was even walking through but being in a kayaking and kayaking across the lake for three hours together that those type of things you know she she would say is looking back was you know meaningful because it was time even though maybe not a whole lot of verbal mm-hmm. interaction there was just a lot of time being together same with my son you know a lot of, a whole lot of time on a bus going to basketball games for about you know five years in a row where i served as um, assistant basketball coach and we didn't sit with each other you know, he wanted to hang out with his buddies but because I know this to be true, that those five years of being in a bus and being in every practice and being in every game um, were meaningful to him because it was that time and, and presence. It's kind of that ministry of presence with your kids. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy to me because, like I said, I don't, I don't have a reference sure. for, like, having dad at my game or I li- literally just don't right. know. And it wasn't until a like not that long ago that I I realized and really like began the grieving process of dang I never had that like I don't even know and part of the ignorance made it I guess easier to deal with sure but the like the consequences 
oh, they were there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know so many out there who are listening who are experiencing that same thing. And and they, most people that I've encountered, myself included until just recently, wouldn't even know how to articulate mm-hmm. the fact that so much of their longing is what they could have gotten from their dad, sure. right? It's sure. just like what you were saying, like somebody who just wants, who just loves me despite, like, like that's it, period. Just I just want to be loved. I don't want to have to like earn that love. Sure. I don't want to have to just be something I'm not mm-hmm. and, or be loved with an expectation of if you do this, then I'll love you. <laughs> and so, yeah, just like what I hear you saying is just just like wanting to be with your your kid yeah because it's yeah. your kid and, and and i still do like you know they're they're old and you know one's married with uh two girls and two daughters and one's about to get married in a few months and i still want to be with them and still love to be with them and still love you know really quick phone calls or longer facetimes or they're you know coming in next weekend and i can't wait like the countdown clock is on to get to spend time with them uh, but I do think for your situation, Silas, because I think you do speak on behalf of not just a lot of um, men in our community and, and you know listening that had a, a father that passed away, but you know there are a lot of guys that are listening had fathers who were alive but might as well have passed away. Yeah, they're, they were that absent, emotionally, yeah, physically, yes. spiritually. You know, yes. they could have been you know almost dead to them. So you, you got two things to to do with that. Because you really don't have the, the third thing would be an awesome. That would be to like get start over and get to, to do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's an impossibility. But the two things that can happen from here is is keeping your eyes now and your heart focused on a God who doesn't leave you, who does not forsake you. Right. A God who is present, a God who does say he loves you with an everlasting love, uh, a God who says he's well pleased in you, um, a God who delights in you, a God who his thoughts of you. Are greater than the sands on the on the mm. seashore. I mean that that's the God you can press into. Right. But then really the second thing you can do is is you know in these type of conversations and those listening to the podcast, like it's okay to feel the grief of you know that the dad that wasn't there. It's okay to feel the sadness of what could have been, but what did not happen. But you want to take that and go, okay, so if God grants me uh, by His sovereign sovereignty and by His grace a wife, and then God grants me by His sovereignty and His, his grace kids i know who i want to be because i know what i missed out yeah and so then you get to be a part of setting again which is why i said a while back my my dad's one of my number one heroes because of this then you get to start setting the new temperature for what is that gonna look like in the seat of kids now and two generations and four generations from now because of what you learned you know what what god how god redeemed even absent dad yeah that he caused you to press more into a present god but also to give you unbelievable traction and ideas and dynamics for, but what do I want my kids to experience yeah, in their dad? Absolutely. And see, like that's that's what I really, like it burns inside me for other people to know this as well because I'm like, I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, I have the ability to like make a change. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to start a new legacy for like my children and their children. By not saying, oh, because my dad was this way, I have to be this way. Like, I can stop that cycle and and be something different. Um, But it's like, truly, I don't know how, other than the grace of God, Mm -hmm. 
that you could do it. And then also just like, again, like being loved by God, it takes faith um, because like to, to believe that God, this, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of losing my thought here, but regardless, this is important <laughs> to believe that God just loves me for me and just wants to spend time with me was a difficult thing to understand because I didn't have that father to demonstrate that, you know? And I know that I'm not isolated in that. I know that so many out there, like you even said, even, even, even so many people who had a dad, they don't feel that way. Cause they're like, well, my dad only really like celebrated me or wanted to be with me. If I won the game, sure, did well. you know, if I did good at this or if I was good in this situation or whatever. And so it's like, like, even if you, so if you didn't have a dad, you don't even know that at all because you just, he's not even there. If you did and he wasn't, he didn't really help you understand that, then you probably have a hard time believing that too. And so all of us are over here trying to be like, okay, well, God wants to be that way, but nobody's ever been that way for sure, me. Sure. So it's like, it takes an unbelievable amount of faith to, to trust that. And like, that's why it took me. I, I like knew God at five years old. Mm. But it wasn't until I was 26 that I was like, dang, he actually like likes me, wants to like yeah, be with me. Yeah. He like delights in me like a father does to a son. And so I like tying that into this is what I want people to understand is that like if you can get that, mm -hmm. then you can stop the cycle. And then like because now you're filled up, you've been loved. Yeah, now you exactly. can love. And first John exactly. says, We love because yeah. God first loved us. But if yeah. if we don't ever understand how he loved us, how are we supposed to love mm -hmm. somebody else? Yeah. And so, like I said, this is the the motivation. This is the heart behind, like wanting to like, like ask these questions and just almost like, almost like this research study of asking older men who it's like, okay, you're a father, you have kids, you're married, like, mm -hmm. like your kids feel loved by you. How'd you do it? Sure, you know. Sure. And so, yeah. Well, and and the um, you know, the, the the worst thing to do for someone in your your chapter, your situation, and then again, I think you represent an unbelievable number of, of, of guys in their 20s today and even 30s today, is the worst thing to do is to say, well, then I can't trust God because I couldn't trust my right, dad. Right, And then the second worst thing to do is go, I'm just going to read, because our default setting is to be the exact same dad that our dad was. Right. And so it really takes this intentionality of, I mean, it takes some time, some journaling, maybe some counseling to go, here's what I felt like I lost lost out on by not having a dad but because of that here's what I'm gonna make sure I do for my for my kids one day and you know and if not kids um younger generation within your church community like you're constantly you know it, that's that's what it means to be a, a young spiritual father it may you know if God doesn't give you kids now or years down the line or anyone that's listening never gives kids that's why he's giving you the church family then for you to step in and to be a spiritual father a spiritual encourager to a seventh grader or to a fifth grader or to a college freshman at, at, within your church community. And so, um, yeah, to to, re, to push all the negative things that were there with your father, any father, onto God really is a is a, is a horrible thing to do, mm -hmm. a sad thing, because you're missing out on the the fullness of a dad who yeah. really does, really does love you and care for you. Yeah. Knows you. Yeah, that's so good. I um, Like I said at the beginning, this has been – the, the single most impactful thing in my life. And like the more I have learned and trusted 
in God's true character, mm-hmm. the like just like the better my life has gotten. Yeah, yeah. Like the easier it is to trust Him, um, the easier it is to get those gifts that He wants to give. Um, because I like I understand who He is now. And but what's crazy and like I'll talk to so many people and it's like the same thing every time I ask like young guys or just people my age. I'm like. Um, like what's something that's like, like is any like issue that they have and, and with God or whatever, then I'll like, I'll follow up with like, what was your dad? Like, like someone like, for example, someone like, you know, I just like, I don't, I really have a hard time believing that God like cares about like the little things I care about, Daily things. you know? And then I'll like ask him like, well, what was your dad? Like, and he's like, well, I mean. He wasn't. He didn't really care that much about the he little things, the daily things in my right. life. <laughs> no, it's just like, oh my gosh, and it makes so much sense because like even even rhetoric, like the whole you're from growing up in in like church, you're like my heavenly father, heavenly right, father, right, father, right, father, right, father, right. father, and then it's like, but then then you're over here and you're like father, 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 right. heavenly father, father, and right. it's like it only makes sense that you're gonna sure, start to course, merge course, the two. So that's where being able to look at that and be like, okay, well, what's God's true character? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, I, and this may be one of the questions you're going to ask me uh, toward the end, or maybe we are toward the end, and that is what what is the most true thing about you? Yeah. Right? And uh, it, it is what God says of you. That is the most true thing. Even if you had an unbelievably good dad, I think I had an unbelievably wonderful father, um, but he still either didn't say some things about me that were true mm-hmm. or didn't completely... Uh, or, or maybe he even said things uh, at times out of flattery and not out of out of truth. Or um, I know, and, and probably rightfully so, a whole lot said things out of, to me out of frustration, not out of out of grace. But everything, you know, the Book of Hebrews says that that God cannot lie. Mm. So everything He says about me is true, and everything that He says about me comes from the purity of His heart. You know, some dads might say some things about their kid to get them to to produce more. You know get more points or get yeah. better grades or yeah. be nicer to mom, whatever yeah. it might be, or go mow the yard. God doesn't say anything about me in a manipulative way. Everything he says about me not only is true, but comes from his true heart, comes from mm. the purity of his heart. And so things like, you know, I'm complete in him. I'm, um, I'm held by him in the palm of his hand. Like that's the truest thing about me. Yeah. That's what God says about me. Yeah. That I'm in process, that yeah. I'm holy, yeah. that I'm forgiven. Like those things, that, that means more to in the in the eternal sense, but even like on the daily sense, that means more to me than my dad saying, hey, played a great soccer game. Yeah. You know? That's so good. And you know what's funny is like, I remember two, like a little over two and a half years ago, really difficult time in life. I remember you saying to me, because I remember, I, I can't remember exactly what I was saying. I was wrestling for identity. And I was just like, man, I, I got to the point in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know what is true. And it was so emotional. And I remember you telling me, like, I just want you to know, like, the truest thing about you is what God says about yeah, you. Right. And I remember, I, I, in fact, hold on one second. Hey, hey, Christian, Christian. Christian's being beckoned in. Can you uh, can you grab that whiteboard in there, the Who Am I whiteboard? Yeah. Or uh, poster board. So, I made this poster board a couple years ago, 
And it literally is like those things that you're just saying about what God says. Right. And this is the board. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's in so good, so true. It's in my. I keep this in my office and I read it like every single day. Yeah. Um, and it's just all the things that God says about me. Yeah. And like you said, these are the most truest things Absolutely. you could say. And it's like. <laughs> I am a son of God. I'm God's temple and his dwelling place. I'm his ambassador. I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I'm clothed in Jesus Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly realms. I'm an heir to the promise. Mm. I'm strengthened with all his power. This one big is a huge one. Yeah. I'm complete. That's right. Lacking in nothing. I am complete. I don't I don't need anything. I'm I'm full because so much and then this one, I'm fearfully and wonderfully wonderfully made. Yeah. Like how how many people struggle with just being like, man, I'm like worthless yeah. and then this one right now i'm fully fully known loved yeah so <laughs> yeah which is amazing because in our culture today we don't want to be known fully because we're afraid if we're known fully we won't be loved. yeah exactly yeah that's our biggest fear exactly because our greatest desire is to be fully known and fully loved right. so our then by opposite <laughs> exactly. our greatest fear is being not known yeah. and not loved and not or loved. known and, and not and loved. Then not loved yeah that's probably the worst of it all yeah oh, now that you know me yeah you don't love me yeah yeah so by god Fully loved by God. Yeah. yeah. The, you could probably wrap it up in simply saying the, the most true thing about me is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm God's person. Mm -hmm. I'm God's son. Yeah. I belong to God. Yeah. And everything else, you know, shifts everything else in culture, everything else in our emotions kind of go up, go down. But if I can come to that conclusion that the truest thing about me is that I belong to God, then everything else really can begin to take shape yeah. around that. And then that begins the journey of what like what does it mean to belong to god because yeah. that's yeah. the life-changing yeah, thing you can, you can unpack that every day yeah and so that's what i want to do and like as we continue on with this podcast is talk about what it means to belong to god what it means to like that fatherhood of god and and then also how how you get there practically how you deal with it um and i'm probably going to have you come back on at some point I, but I do it man but this is uh, my goal is to do this for a long time good you you're um touching on a subject that not only is, is near to the heart of a lot of, of our friends and brothers and, and men and young men, it's uh, you're touching on a subject that's important to shape those men for the rest of their life, You know, to know that here's who they really are in Christ, here's what God says about you. Otherwise, I know 50-year-olds, 6-year-olds who never got past that wound mm. that came from their dad. Yeah. And they just passed that wound on down. Yeah. And now they have sons and grandsons that are dealing with that wound as yeah. well. So. Silas, you're doing a good thing, man. I'm grateful for you. Glad, um, glad that God put us together as friends and brothers in Christ. It's Thank you. I appreciate it. Can you pray for the the Let's listeners? Let's do it, man, for sure. God, thanks for knowing us and caring for us. Uh, God, you proved that that caring. You proved that compassion toward us by sending your son, your greatest treasure, the son in whom you were well pleased, sent him to us that we could know you and we could be adopted by you and we could be co-heirs with this perfect son, Christ. Your word tells us in 1 John, Behold what manner of love the Father has for us, that we can be called the sons and the daughters of God. Mm. What love this is. So God, I pray for all those who are, who are listening to this podcast, God, that they'd be reminded even right now at this very moment that the God of heaven and earth knows them, cares for them, sees them, watches over their lives, watches over their souls, and desires to, to be known uh, through the Son, Christ. And so I pray that for especially for all the the men, the young men who are listening today, God, no matter our background, no matter the, the the great dads or the horrible dads or the present dads or the absent dads 
or the dads that wanted to do well but just didn't even know how to do well as, as fathers. God, pray that no matter our background, that we'd be reminded in this very moment that, God, you love us and you desire us and you delight in us and you created us. So, Father, I pray for that, that blessing of, of, of relationship with you, the perfect dad who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. It's the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray together and we pray for all those who are listening. Amen. Amen. No dad, no problem. Awesome. I love that. That was great.